I um, ran into Katie and her partner, Keith. I don't know where my cats are. (laughs) (laughs) I ran into them last weekend and uh, they were out hiking and I was out for a bike ride. And it was really funny because I had just seen maybe like eight corgis in one group. That's what that was from. I saw that video. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I was losing my mind. I was like in in like puppy heaven. I was just like, oh my God, so many great dogs. And so like, I'm coming up like kind of over a hill and like around a corner on my bike. And I see this really beautiful Husky and I'm just looking at the dog and I say something about like the dog. I was like, hey, that's a really pretty dog. And I didn't even pay attention to the people around the dog. And so like Katie and Keith are with the the people who had the dog. And they're like, Chris, Chris, Chris. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> hey. Like, dog. <laughs> dog. That's great. <laughs> and we were just talking 10 minutes before that of whether we would see Chris or not. We're like, he's got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> we didn't make a bet though. <laughs> would have been a winning one <laughs> yeah i know only bet when you know you're gonna win yeah yeah if it's a nice day i'm probably in forest park <laughs> you've got some questions go! you're feeling stressed man something is glistening download and listen to tia katie chris and kirsten you should go, go! go! well um welcome back to the go dig a hole podcast we can introduce travis when he gets here um, but i'll go ahead and introduce myself i'm chris sims uh pronouns he him uh one of the co-hosts of the go dig a hole podcast a crm archaeologist and um very happy to have my festive friends um Previous guests of the podcast for 2022 and uh, my other co-host, Katie, you want to go next? Her connection's a little wonky. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? I just want to make sure I'm not like doing weird like uh, 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 sounds. Oh, yeah. You're loud. Uh, Okay. Perfect. Um, I'm Katie Tipton. She, her, uh, another co-host of Go Dig a Hole. And I'm really excited for Christmas. I'm rocking my Stormy Cromer from uh, Michigan. So I thought I'd bring in the Michigan uh, Midwest experience. Chelsea, how about you? Hey, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm Chelsea. Um, it's actually cold down here in Texas for once, so we're actually sitting in the 20s, which was nice. Um, so I definitely had to br- break out the flannel as well. It's actually a necessity. Anything below 70 degrees is freezing to me. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm Chelsea, uh, she, her pronouns, and uh, excited to be back. Uh, we had a great time. Me and Chris recently had a ride down in Texas. And uh, yeah, excited to uh, catch up with all of y'all. You can go. Uh, I'm Elliot. Hello. Um, they, them pronouns. I don't know what else to. I'm a PhD student at Washington State um, and I work in CRM and I'm doing dissertation figures while I'm talking. <laughs> that's what grad school is like. Multitasking. Yeah. And Annalise, long time no see. How about you? I know. It's been, what, like 48 hours? (laughs) 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 Um, Hi, I'm Annalise. Uh, She, her. um, I am your friendly neighborhood archaeologist and also uh, producer. I work in TV production and I make TV shows and sometimes they are history and archaeology themed shows. Um, 
Uh, other than that, I am your average chronically online elder millennial. And uh, yeah, that's about it for today. <laughs> nice. And I guess we're all calling from the cold part of the country right now, which is yeah. the entire country. It's fine. The everything <laughs> is cold right now. <laughs> Except for you, Elliot. <laughs> Dang it's it. totally normal. It's, I mean, it's cold, but it's the normal amount of cold for Marin. Um, so, I lucky me. Apparently, it's going to rain next week, though. Mm. Mm. Good, but I better fucking cut it out after a week because I'm supposed to go into the field the week after, and that project's already been rescheduled like four times for rain. And I swear to God, <laughs> if it gets rescheduled again, I'm just going to go insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very frustrating because Californians call field work for like even like the forecast of even any amount of rain, even though it's like it's California. If it rains, usually it rains, it stops. It rains, it stops, it rains, it stops. You can still probably get a lot of field work done. If I was working on the coast in Oregon, we never would have canceled for such a shitty amount of rain. <laughs> like right. gentle sprinkles of rain, <laughs> sort of like dampening the ground a little bit. The idea yeah. that it should be a little bit like sprinkly is like totally cancel the whole, cancel all the field work. Can't do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, man, if, if we had to wait for nice weather in Oregon, we would never get any field work done. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think that we could probably do this field work, but absolutely, of course not. Can't do it. Just have to keep pushing my life around for weeks and weeks because Californians yeah. can't dig in the rain. Not that I'm not a Californian, but I know how to dig in the rain without. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm a Californian, and I have dug in the rain, not in California, but in other countries. And if you just in... throw on that rain jacket and just keep on going, and you know, screening. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Yeah. It screens it for you. I'd love to have it wet. I don't even have to set up a hose or anything. Exactly. It's, it, it's helpful until it's not. And then yeah. it's like, okay, now it's like actually, you know, pouring rain. Maybe we should go inside for like 10 minutes and just see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's very silly. Uh, good times in the field. Yeah. Well, any uh, holiday travel or are y'all kind of no, uh, Vancouver, where I currently am sitting, uh, is in the middle of a snowpocalypse part two. Um, not snowing too bad at the moment, but it's about to turn into more snow and then like ice rain and ice mm. pellets raining from the sky or something. So, um, yeah, we, we, we stocked up on essentials, uh, namely like chips and a bunch of cider and beer. Um, and so we're ready to just like hang out for the weekend. Don't need to go anywhere. Nice. Nice. Chelsea, how about you? You hanging out in uh, Texas? Yeah, I was supposed to go up to North Texas, but I just decided um, to stay at my apartment just in case there, anything kind of went wrong. I'm also working on my thesis, so I just kind of wanted to wrap that up and get all of the data collection done. I do better when uh, quiet, and there's less distractions, so I figured it's a perfect time for me. You know, there's not a lot of work going on that last week, so I'm wrapping up some work things this week, and then just going to full gun it, um, doing pretty much round two corrections, you know, some critiques that I got back from doing that big, long effort in, uh, in the late fall or mid fall. And so going to wrap that up and then try to get into statistics and wrap and finish up the last two chapters, get a draft out to my professor, uh, late January. And then that, that gives me about a month and a half to kind of work on edits 
give the committee plenty of time to review. Um, still aiming for a March, early March um, defense. And it'll be nice to kind of work full time and just worry about training uh, once again. So uh, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do the, the famous uh, Rafa 500, Festive 500 on Strava. Yes. Um, so I kind of, you know, it's a big training block for me as well as, you know, I, I look at my studies in a very similar fashion as how I train. So the, this in the season is kind of a base one where you're building lots of hours, not necessarily big intensity, but just really doing the hours. So I kind of paired that with my studies as well. And so uh, I'm basically going to look to ride like Zwift in the morning. I'm going to try to do, um, I'm going to try to do it like a, a thousand K essentially. What I'm going to do this week is I'm going to try to do it on Zwift and then spend, you know, I'll probably need like a nap. I'm not going to lie. And then uh, get on a thesis work and then come back in the evenings or, um, or midday, do a, do a ride outside or something like that. I don't know, vice versa, whatever. Try to do it on Zwift and on the road um, and try to get a lot of the data collection uh, touching up done and then be ready to hit January full force in the workforce. That was a lot. Sorry. That was no, lot. that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've I'm looking at the roads right now. It's so icy in Portland. Uh, like my my yard is covered in some kind of combo of like ice and snow, and mm. it's very cold and windy. So I'm hoping the roads calm down and, and clear up. Um, well, maybe Christmas, we can do it as with so I can yeah. do the uh, festive 500 too. I guess. Heck yeah, it's it's going to be cold, but it looks like we're not getting a lot, at least where I'm at. We're not getting a lot of moisture, so. I can put up with the cold. I just don't like being wet and cold. So I sympathize. That's what we have here. <laughs> Nothing but yeah. wet and cold. <laughs> the and only I, option. Zwift, and Zwift is great for that. I really love working with Zwift. Um, you don't have to have all the fancy power meters to jump on to just get a workout. It's kind of like playing a video game. Um, so they've got, they've made it as simplified as they can. So I definitely, if you have a bike and some kind of indoor device, uh, definitely check out Zwift. That's my little yeah. pitch there. I just gave my uh, stationary bike to a friend. Um, I had bought just like a, a pretty cheap stationary bike a couple of years ago. It broke my hand mm -hmm. and I was using it to, uh, you know, keep my training up while I couldn't touch real handlebars. Right. Um, and it was great, but it was taking up a lot of space and I, I do most of outdoor riding. So yeah, as you should had to get rid yeah. of it. Uh, Travis, perfect timing, impeccable timing, um, and you're looking it. festive as hell. Do you want to introduce yourself yes. real quick? <laughs> um, I feel like you pretty much just did. I'm Travis Corwin, previous <laughs> and future guest of the, on the show, um, and I'm the lucky East Coast person on this early morning recording for y'all, but perfect. It's midday. To, yeah, <laughs> midday. 11.30 for me. Got a bunch of stuff already done for the day. It is freezing cold here. Uh, so I hope my heater that is constantly running outside my window doesn't get picked up. But we got like, we're going down to like 10 degrees tonight. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm feeling, you know, I feel... What am I trying to say? I very uh, rarely regret leaving uh, Pullman because my my university is in Eastern Washington, and I'm, you know, I occasionally miss being on campus because it's good for productivity to have other people doing grad school things around me. 
But then I think about how it's like negative 20 degrees there right now. And there's like hundred mile gusts of wind. And I'm like, you know what? I think that I made the right choice. That's uh, un- unbearable. I, God, I saw like that there, was it Portland that's like going to get like maybe like hundred mile per hour gusts? Yeah. One saw- of our weather stations what? blew away. Oh my god! Wait, it's just gone. <laughs> it's gone. Oh, you know that does tell you something about okay. the weather. Didn't need so. that one anyway. Where Katie, was this? It's the one up on Crown Point in the gorge. Dang. They, why do they even try putting anything up there? Yeah, it was like what last year this they registered. Tunnel. I think two hundred miles per hour. This year they were like, "Well, it's gone." <laughs> <laughs> like the um my dad has this like old person like fishing thing that he says where it's like you uh you can tell the weather like it's like he's like this is like an incredible like tool you can tell the weather if you stick it outside and it's wet it means it's raining and, and it's just like uh, a board you stick it outside and it blows away it means yeah it's like a rock or something like that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. a stick or something that he has wet, yeah. <laughs> wet rock means it's <laughs> means it's raining oh uh, yeah I love those. Old fishing wisdom. <laughs> Travis, are you traveling for the holidays? Uh, I'll be traveling for New Year's, but we're just, because we bought the house this year, so we're just like, well, let's spend the first uh, Christmas in the house, in the house, um, which slightly regretting because the alternative was driving down to Florida, mm. where it's going to be cold, but not as cold. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we're, we're going down there for New Year's and like, cause we traveled during like Thanksgiving down to Atlanta and traveling was just awful because uh, of traffic. And I did not want to do that for Christmas, like driving around on like Christmas Eve for the, you know, it, it was either Christmas Eve or today and today is my wife's birthday and we don't want to spend. Oh, happy night. birthday. Yeah, I'll tell her. Um, so don't even mention Christmas to me today. It's only her birthday. <laughs> it's not That's a shared great. gift, right? You're 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 giving her a separate gift for for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no 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 yeah. We always it her the most expensive gift is always her birthday gift. It's always been like a thing. So like when we first started dating, we also started dating in like December. So like for years, it was like. Christmas, her birthday, and our anniversary were all the same exact ah. month. And it was just insane. <laughs> a good month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm staying here in Portland for the holidays. Um, my parents and my brother um, all live in the kind of greater Portland area. So um, I get to stay home. Pretty excited. Nice. How about you, Tipton? Yeah, I'm I'm trudging north of Seattle to visit family <laughs> for the holidays. So hoping the roads are clear tomorrow. We're leaving super early, hoping that no one's on the road and we can just get through all the major cities before hitting Lake Stevens. Yeah, safe travels. And then sleeping. Do you have any things that you're looking forward to in 2023? 
I know Chelsea, you have, um, I think, you know, since I know what you're looking forward to, maybe you can yeah. kick it off. <laughs> cool. Um, I think the first thing I probably need to prioritize would be graduation. Um, I definitely have a strict deadline for that as we previously talked about and trying to get that in line and just kind of, I've got some, uh, some things I really want to work, <clears throat> work on in my career wise. Like, uh, I just kind of really been meditating on being, um, I kind of a Swiss army knife of as well as art, as, as, as an archeologist, um, you know, being able to have the technical writing. So definitely want to work on my writing and being a little bit more efficient in that writing is something that I'm looking forward to as far as far as like an archeological goal. Um, I would say cycling wise, it's kind of a weird year because, because I was given this extension into the program, I get to redo all of last year's goals that I feel like I kind of missed out on. So cycling wise, I get to uh, compete collegially again, would love to win um, our conference uh, leaders jersey and points, as well as represent that at a national um, at the national uh, win a national title for collegiate, right? Like go out with a bang. That's being that's going to be a doozy, though, because it's last year it was in uh, Augusta, Georgia. And next year it's going to be in uh, Albuquerque. So elevation climbing not necessarily my sw- so my strongest suit so i know if i can master climbing i will be that swiss army knife uh, in a cyclist like i'll kind of have a little bit of everything because i can descend like nobody's business and i definitely have a sprint on me so if i can learn how to get my body up a hill fast uh that would be great um <laughs> and i think that would be all advantages to those other goals so i would like to roll that into doing really well at tulsa Toff, which is early june and then um, there's some collegiate track stuff that I can do um, to finish out my collegiate uh, career. And then um, that's over the summer. And then, uh, but I also want to compete in uh, the amateur pros just because amateur pros, I think would be a little bit more doable than the pros. Just, I mean, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not really signed to a team right now. So that's a little bit more adequate for uh, where I'm at. Um, and then I would love, and then I'm like a sweet little baby master. So I can actually, I'm 35, so I can roll into being, uh, in the master. So pretty much I'm going through a national championship year as far as cycling wise. Um, that's going to take a lot of dedication and training. Luckily I'll be done with this thing. Masters that's the master's program and, uh, be moving on to just being able to work my butt off and on in the field or, you know, writing reports or whatever, as well as, uh, have a little bit more energy into training and really perfecting those skills. So, uh, somewhere, you know, women kind of tend to peak, uh, biologically in their late thirties into their early forties. So I'm really looking forward to trying to hit my genetic peak this year, both mentally, spiritually, or, you know, whatever, just your soul. Like, I don't know. I'm just really going into trying to max out all fields this year. That's a lot. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking <laughs> through. Oh, and then roll it. So basically I want to win collegiate nationals, Masters nationals, amateur pro nationals. I would love to win a mountain bike marathon or even on the state level. Like I just want to hit it all this year. So I may not do as many races, but the races that I'm going to do are going to be prima. Um, but that means I'm going to have to get some race like So I'll be racing at a race near you um, somewhere, anywhere across the country. That's what I'm doing. Anyways, that's, awesome. that's my 2023. Graduate and race my bike and try to be a national champ. That's really cool. You helped me with, so 2022 was my first race ever. Um, I raced a, I a gravel race and you helped me a lot with kind of like getting my mindset and my, 
kind of like approach right on it. Thanks. I went from like, I really wanted to train hard going into it so that I could be at least mid pack. Um, yeah. You know, I knew that I was, I was racing against like people who, you know, were, were very skilled racers. So I had no intention of like, you know, being in the, in the leaderboard at all. Um, but I wanted to go mid pack and then I was traveling a ton for work and then yeah. I got sick and it just set everything back. And then we had horrible weather. And so it was like all the routes that I normally ride um, had like fallen trees, ice mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so I was like, well, I just lost like two months of training on being sick and, and like bad weather and travel and stuff like that. And so going into it, you said something really like that stuck with me. You know, I, I was like, Hey, I'm going into this. This is what's happening. I, I don't feel like I'm ready at all. And, and you said, well, it's not a race for you anymore. It's a ride. And you were yeah. just in, and, and you told me to just have fun. And I was like, Man. okay, cool. I went into it, had fun. Honestly, the funnest part was when I crossed the finish line and my friends who had finished earlier than me were there and they handed me a beer right as I rode across the, yeah. the finish line. It was fun. That's so good. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's what it's about. I just want to help people get on bikes. It's a beautiful way to see the world. So happy for you. Like that just like, ah, that fills my heart with so much joy for you. Uh, I just hope everybody gets to experience that maybe on the bike or not on the bike, but that's rad. That's super rad. Um, we should always enjoy what we're doing. So yes, I am very competitive, but uh, that's where I find my joy. And I'm not encourage anybody to go out there and like, in order to, you know, have fun on the bike, you must achieve these high rankings. So uh, sorry if that came across that way, but you brought up a really good point with that. So um, yeah, man, just get on the bike, have some fun. And I'm yeah. so happy. And I know you're shredding hard because we rode. I know you're fit. That was so much fun. <laughs> uh, so I'm so looking forward to you, uh, you know, seeing what you got, you know, hitting your genetic peak, like, you know, and a bike's a beautiful way to do that or academics, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like just talking about like in terms of like mental health outside of competition, like riding a bike has been, it's been like my happy place for most of my life, oh, yeah. but especially during the pandemic when a lot of the world kind of closed down and my world shrank, like getting on a bike and just riding around with my friends was like, it was a really special time and it mm -hmm. like it it honestly made like my group of friends that I ride with like so much closer because that was like the best way that we could safely spend many many hours together you know we just go out yeah. and ride and you know not really have a goal and and you know there's sometimes when I have to switch it up I'm like okay I'm not gonna try and like break my personal record on on this route I'm just gonna like like a couple weeks ago I, I went out and rode and I only wanted to go and follow little rabbit trails and see where mm -hmm. they went. I was just curious. I had never ridden yeah. these, these trails before. And I was like, I just want to see where this goes. Maybe it doesn't go Heck anywhere. Yeah. Maybe it does. And it was like really fun. And then I ended up in the middle of Lewis and Clark college. And I was like, Oh, this is where this goes. Okay, cool. Well, so touche like to that because uh, connecting you inspired the mental me dots from our ride. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, uh, on our ride, you know, like I never really thought about that because I'm so sometimes get so data driven that I just kind of was like, you know what? I don't really know a lot of the the routes here in San Marcos. So, um, I don't know if you saw my Strava the other day, I just kind of like explored campus and found little pockets of campus. You know, it was climbing because I have to, like, I'm still working on my weaknesses. Right. But I got to explore and check out and, uh, yeah, it was just, I've, you know, it's been a rough time. It's been really gloomy here, you know? 
everybody kind of is is a little bit a uh, little bit on the dreary side. So uh, it was nice. It was nice to go out there and just kind of explore ride. I forgot that I forgot how much fun that is just to just to go ride your bike. You know, no no data driven. Even though I'm still somewhat doing data, let's be real. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's uh, so you inspired me, my man. You inspired me. I appreciate that. Was that was fun. Absolutely. Annalise, how about you? What are you looking forward to in uh, 2023? Oh boy, um, I I have no idea. Um, so because uh, my entire world is freelance. Um, I have literally no idea um, what my 2023 is going to be as far as work. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. Um, the television industry shuts down um, pretty, pretty effectively during December uh, for the holidays. And then that that shutdown usually extends into January, sometimes into February. And sometimes if it's a really terrible year into March. Yeah. Um, so it's all contract stuff. Um I mean, sometimes I get an email, you know, next week, basically people getting ready to start something up ASAP in January, but I won't know till that email hits my inbox. Um, so I just kind of chill on unemployment until things happen. Um, my big hope for 2023 is that I get to go dig. Um, we've had to postpone our field season in Albania for three years now, um, you know, first due to uh, first part of the pandemic and then continuing pandemic and then um, bureaucracy thrown on top of that. So we shall see. Uh, we're all feeling pretty hopeful. Things have been submitted to the places where they need to be submitted to to start the dance for permissions and permits and all that jazz. So we will just see. Um, that's my big hope for 2023, um, I guess work-wise, since that's kind of the only other thing I do <laughs> other than just sort of stare at the wall and wait for time to pass in my little office space area. Um, one thing that I've been working on, which I can't really tell people about just yet, um, it, it is possibly, hopefully, um, a premium documentary series uh, that we're hoping to pitch and sell at some point next year, which would then result in someone giving us a whole bunch of money to go do it for real. And that would involve a ton of work, uh, a ton of travel as well, which would be absolutely bananas because in the past I haven't really been let out of the office all that much when it comes to making television shows. I've been able to go go on location and be part of the, the crew on set twice. Um, once for Expedition Unknown, in which I got an all-expenses-paid trip to beautiful Arkansas and Texas. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> um, another time was for a true crime show, in which I got a all-expenses-paid trip to Michigan, um, the, the middle of Michigan. Um, never seen so many apples and uh, apple orchards in my life, so that was exciting. Um, uh, but yeah, for this... Uh, TBD documentary series um, that would be much more exotic and uh, firmly in my archaeological wheelhouse of the ancient Mediterranean, specifically the eastern corner of the ancient Mediterranean and you know, the classical world and the, most of their friends as well. So just kind of keeping fingers and toes crossed for that one. And uh, yeah, other than uh, that, 
I don't know, trying to think personal goals, uh, <laughs> trying to get a better handle on home workouts. Uh, I, I used to be a, a, a gym and CrossFit person before everything shut down for the pandemic. Um, still don't feel super safe going into enclosed spaces with a bunch of strangers breathing heavily. Uh, so I've been working out at home ever since and, you know, it's okay. It gets the job done. It, you know, keeps the mental health at a, at a reasonable level, but you know, it's not the same. I miss throwing heavy weights around and the heaviest thing we have in the house is a 45 pound kettlebell. I think it's 45 pounds. Um, you can do a lot with that. Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. It's, it's just not the same though. Can't throw a yeah. barbell on the ground. I feel like I'm in the Olympics. You can't yeah. throw out at Chuck home. Chuck it down and, and grunt real loud. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and you know, everyone doing the same thing too. You know, everyone's just kind of like entered bro mode and yeah. you know, yeah, you got the loud music, you got the weights getting run around. Like it's good times. Mm-hmm. And I miss that. Um, so mostly it's just me with AirPods having my own little, my own little party in my home. Um, that's kind of it. <laughs> that's kind of it for me. Nice. Elliot, what are you looking forward to in 2023? Oh God. Um, <laughs> theoretically, um, I'm maybe supposed to be defending my dissertation maybe at the end of the summer of 2023. It's like a whole nightmare because um, I, I was supposed to be done at the end of 2023 or maybe early 2024. And then my advisor uh, quit and she, her contract ends at the end of uh, August of 2023. So um, my 2023 is going to be much the same as the end of my 2022, which is that every waking moment that is not my job is uh, dissertation stuff because I'm desperately trying to um, finish in time so that I don't have to deal with the headache of switching advisors in the last wow. like three months of my dissertation, <laughs> which I think, you know, it's good. It's been motivating me. I've been certainly getting a lot more done. Um, so I think that that's, that's good. I'm excited for like in non-archaeology things, I which I don't really do a lot of non-archaeology things. Um, I got a new car that I am excited to camp in. I got a car that I can actually like lay down in the back of um, and has all wheel drive and stuff. So I'm hopefully going to do some road trips and camping. Um, I know that I'm going to be driving up to the SAAs in Portland so that I can take like a nice long detour up the coast uh stop with um my, the tribe that i work with for my dissertation is based in coos bay so i'm going to stop in coos bay and talk to some people at the tribe and you know slowly make my way up the uh the oregon coast because if i have an excuse to go to portland i'm gonna make it an excuse to do the whole oregon thing um plus i'll have my car in portland which was really the impetus for driving but i'm really excited for that um and various other road trips that I have not planned as much, but I'm sure I will do them. Um, yeah, which is nice because I've had like this garbage car for the last like year that like couldn't even drive up hills in San Francisco. It was like a huge, it was a huge uh, source of stress as oh I live God. quite close to San Francisco and have to get there often. Like I'm talking like tires squealing, like rubber burning. Like if I had to ever stop on a hill and restart from that, like 
um, oh my God. And people are idiots. It's like, you, you're you in San Francisco. Surely you understand that you should leave some room behind the car right. in front of you. But no, people like... get right up on your ass. And I'm like, look, if I like total the front of your car because my car rolls back into it, that's not my fucking fault. And I, it's like crazy because it's like just common sense. It's like, we're on a 45 degree angle. Do you really think that getting this close to me is a good idea? Um, yeah, I just like don't. So I'm really like looking forward to being able to like go into the city without it being like a heart pounding like experience, <laughs> uh, which is great because like I there's nothing to do where I live and there's lots to do in the city. So it's nice to be able to like actually go to the city. Basically, I'm looking forward to not feeling trapped um, in my in my little bubble. Um and you know, ex- getting excited about like the mobility that I'm that I have now. So, uh, if I have any time to do any of those things, because also I have to finish my dissertation. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, <laughs> it sounds like uh, Annalise, are you going to be in Portland for SAA? Um, when when are the SAAs? Uh, so I, since I'm not affiliated with anybody officially, I have to pay like double, triple things for conferences and I don't yeah. think they really let me register officially because I'm not affiliated with anything. Right. Uh, but when are they? <laughs> Sometime March. in March. Okay. Uh, I guess it depends when, uh, cause you know, Portland is a breezy five hour drive from where I am right now. And we always like seeing people, uh, yeah. could be a good excuse to yeah. take a trip down to Portland. Be- but, uh, I, that's the thing. I love conferences. I love going to them just because it's like, it, you know, puts me back in that, that environment of, uh, you know, like pe- like-minded people who like learning fun things and I like learning fun things and I get to go back into sort of like classroom mode and that's really fun. Um, but it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. It's very expensive. You could probably do an avocational membership. That's what I did last year when I was kind of like working kind of outside of archaeology. I was like a land surveyor briefly. Though I think by the time I went to the essay, I was back in archaeology. So I just kind of scammed them. But just do avocational. It's like dirt cheap. I also just believe that like every field tech should have to, should just be able to do avocational. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. And Um, I mean, there, there should be some sort of like adjacent membership option or something like that. Cause like, you know, I am still an archeologist. I do still Mm -hmm. do field work and dig and contribute to the research that our project is doing. I'm just not affiliated with a university or, you know, like a, a, you know, environmental firm or any CRM, anything mm-hmm. like that. It's like, I'm still here though. <laughs> so can we get another category? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, I'm contacting people at, you know, universities all the time for work anyway. So it's like, I, you know, I, w- I would know so many people at the conferences, mostly from emails. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, that's what I'm really, I'm really excited for the uh, SAAs this year because it's, since it's in the Pacific Northwest, it's like the chances of people that I actually know coming are much higher uh, than they normally would be. So I'm looking forward to like actually getting to, you know, hang out with like more than like the two people like that I was able to get to come because like most of my friends simply just, most of my friends have given up on uh, the SAAs if they have not dropped out of archaeology entirely. So um, (laughs) trying to get people to like 
go, which I, you know, I respect not going, but also please come hang out with me. So this is a call to anybody, anybody <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, works in, works in the Pacific Northwest, come hang out with me at the SAAs. Um, because yeah, that's like, I mean, the SAAs is garbage, da 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 da. But uh, all of my favorite, most of my favorite people are archaeologists and they all live all over the country. So it's, I enjoy the SAAs. It's my, it's like a, if I could talk about archaeology nine times, like 90% of the time, I would. So it's like great being in like a situation where everybody also wants to talk about archaeology with me, especially since it's like at a conference. So everybody is like, extra motivated to be talking about archaeology it's literally what you are there to do all i want to talk talk about archaeology um yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to the saas also i guess next year i'll be there i think my company's paying me for to go so i'll probably be able to get the pay for the hotel so i won't stay in your uh, spare bedroom or couch chris i'm sorry that's (laughs) what i want to do chelsea that means it's up uh, it's up for you Oh, it looks like Chelsea dropped. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> she was just like, no, "Nope, <laughs> peace. I'm out." No, uh, Chelsea and I were talking about that. So I've got, um, I do have some spare space for people visiting. For the SAA, though, like living here in Portland, where the conference is going to be, is funny because I've always had to travel and it's always been very cost prohibitive. And I've been lucky for like my department when I was in grad school or uh, my company to pay for it. But it was always when it was like within a certain like reasonable cost range. And so it meant like going to St. Louis, Missouri or Austin, Texas, and they were great. Um, And then I also went to the one in Vancouver and uh, when I lived here in Portland. So um, I'm happy that it's back in the Pacific Northwest. I'm more than likely not going to go to the actual conference um, for a combo of, like we were saying, I have some some issues with SAA that, you know, I'm, I'm not a member anymore. I haven't been a member for several years. Um, but I, I do recognize and support, you know, people's decisions to go. It's It's the most valuable venue for, people in our profession to present at and to discuss their work and to connect with other like-minded researchers and archaeologists. Um, but also really the one of the other big reasons is in my day-to-day job, um, I have to go to a ton of conferences. So like I've been traveling almost every other week since June and I'm very tired and thinking about going to another conference makes me very tired. And um, if I can just hang out with all the archaeologist friends who are in the the city where I live and not have the fatigue of yet another conference, because every other conference that I have to go to is also in March and April. And so it's like, I'm going to be like really threading the needle for, you know, like trade show after conference, after trade show, after conference, after like trying to wedge client visits in all of that. And then like, okay, now I get to have fun. And th- that's kind of where I'm looking at SAA. I'm, I'm just like, maybe I can use it as like a little bit of a rest period and like break that conference rhythm and just hang out with my archeology span friends. And that will be recharging for me rather than exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm tentatively planning on going to SAAs. I did submit for a poster session. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I, there's also if uh, it, uh, there's also a race that same weekend. So mm-hmm. I'll have to decide on a how much does the school you know can the school back me? Uh, one of my companies told me that they can't really they they already said SAAs is a little too far of a journey to support that. So it just depends on how much support I get um, if I can get out there. But I would definitely take you up on uh, on that spare bed or couch, whatever the heck you got. So definitely yes to that if I do make it that way, because I would love to come and ride. Uh, I think that'd be great. Um, it just depends on if, I, if I'm if I'm defending a jersey at that point in time. I don't know. Um, I got to respect the jersey, right? Like, yes, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you know, it, especially if I do have a shot at nationals, I may have to refund some of that budget that I would use for. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, as of right now, I'm tentatively going to SAAs, but we'll just have to see it how it all lines up. I mean, I got to take a, it, there may be, I may even be out for work. So who the heck knows? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, Travis, sorry. Sorry to jump in. No, it's, it's all good. Uh, Travis, what are your personal and professional goals for 2023? Oh man. Um, let me think, what am I looking forward to? Uh, me and Elliot are working on a paper for the bulletin on the history of archaeology, their special issue on like labor history in archaeology. So we submitted an abstract to that, got like a email a couple, like a week ago saying we got in. Mm-hmm. And we're the only people to have a paper like focused on America, uh, American archaeology and some other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in defense of the uh, the journal, they did mostly highlight like looking for stuff on the global south. So <laughs> I, I understand why they did get a lot of papers on like American archaeology's labor history. That's exciting. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. 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 So I, have to, I have to write that in the next few months. <laughs> in, sometime in between all of my dissertations. It's Travis's first article. So congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. I'm excited. It's going to be on the uh, stuff in like the '90s and like the uh, the old like newsletter and zine that was like published by a field tech that like was like you know widely read throughout the industry by like you know I was going through like the ledger of like the mailing addresses and a bunch of random schmucks that I recognize name wise from like you know field texts that have been around forever that I've worked with some PIs and then like every single company that was around back then, plus like the SAA and then like, uh, like the, like one of the museums in DC were all like subscribed to like this, like zine getting written by like some like field tech (laughs) who is amazing. Yeah. She just had like this crazy, like influence on, uh, archaeology and the industry back then dude i love that because i love that because it's like when you know something just put it out there if i mean and that just shows important how important your written word is so um yeah i think that's cool i think that's uh, thank you for sharing that that's hot that's super rad and she wrote like a lot about in that newsletter slash zine uh it's kind of both uh a lot about like 
labor issues, helped like organize like surveys around like pay and like w- like healthcare, like benefits you're getting from your company. Um, kind of bumped the union that was formed back in the '90s, and then was also just writing general like musings on like like post-processual archaeology at the time. So, you know, contemporaneous when it was really just becoming like more and more of a thing. But thinking a lot about that kind of stuff and you know eventually her stuff becomes like a you know foundational texts of like the anarchist archaeology movement in like the united states that's cool i'm really looking forward to reading that and also yeah. hopefully you'll come back on the pod and talk about it um yeah, yeah just a little a teaser for you know the article and eventually probably talking about it on the pod that's yeah. cool yeah um that zine i remembered um some of my coworkers um at what job was that it was one of my first jobs in crm one of my coworkers was this this older guy who had you know gone through the a lot of the the pipelines that were you know a, a big source of employment in the early 90s but also one of the catalysts for unionizing mm-hmm. um in archaeology you started in louisville kentucky right i did yeah i i know i know some of the people that are in that area around that time i wonder we might we might know some of the same people we'll have to talk sure. about it offline because we probably probably shouldn't share their names but um <laughs> uh yeah it was just funny like seeing that zine on the walls of their office and i was like oh this is neat and they would talk to me about that i got it who this is hmm. yeah um, you should just message me the name. Okay. <laughs> so I know. Because <laughs> if it's the person I'm thinking of, I'm a little surprised. Um, but I also know that person was subscribed to the zine because I saw their name in the ledger. Um, but yeah, but Louisville, like they had, I'm pretty sure there was like an actual like, of like, not maybe a strike that happened at like the casino being built around there yeah. I forget what that, like the caesar's casino or something there was like a big archaeology project going on there for yeah, that it was caesar's um they had a casino across the river in indiana mm-hmm. that had um it, it had this massive massive data recovery project and then mm-hmm. it had this massive archaeological monitoring project but it was so big that it it had basically everybody in that region at that time had some chunk of work on this project. And so everybody would be like, Oh man, you were on Caesars. And so they would just talk about that project, but it was one of those things. It was similar to like Ruby pipeline was another big one that like, you know, like, I feel like everybody is probably one or two degrees separated from somebody who worked on Caesars or Ruby and it was one of those projects where it was so big and so complicated that if you were in a management position and you messed it up, oh yeah, that's I I I know, I know that person too. Um, yeah, not, a, not the biggest <laughs> fan of that person, if I'm being yeah, honest. Same. No, the one I the one I mentioned is is a big fan. Uh, uh, I'm a big friend of his, and and uh, I love him to death. Um, no, but it was one of those things where like, if you were in a management position 
on Ruby or Caesars and you messed up or you were, you know, kind of thrown under the bus because a lot of stuff went wrong on these projects. Um, and they were just really big, moving really fast, and you had multiple companies working on them. Um, it would ruin your career. And so there were there were people who worked on these projects mm. who, you know, like they ended up on the wrong end of some kind of part of the project and they just, you know, it, it burned them out or they got thrown under the bus and they were like, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to do something else. And, you know, th that's oversimplifying it. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think about that a lot on these kind of like big projects that are coming through. Like, you know, we're seeing this big push for like massive transmission lines in uh, kind of the, the Rocky Mountains on through the Great Basin and, uh, California. And then like with offshore wind being a big thing that everybody's trying to get a piece of, um, you know, I, I think it's a kind of the, the ingredients look very similar to, you know, it's a massive project. There's a lot of complicated, uh, regulatory framework to work in and you have a lot of companies working on it too. And so it's kind of like huge geography, a lot of companies, uh, complicated rules to play by, um, it's a it's a tricky tricky project. There's a lot of transmission line work going on right now because that's the co the company I work for mostly just does transmission lines and it's yeah it's overwhelming the amount of work we have and we're also starting to get some like offshore wind here on the east coast too. Yeah. Hey, interesting. Sorry, the dogs are wrestling right now. Hey, stop. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Um, I'm muted, but I told, I said, tell the dog to say hi, and I love them. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> they do the this most important like, part of this whole podcast. Seriously, right, is watching Baloo and Artie wrestle behind me. They have a yes. big bean bag that they like to lay on, which is like right next to me, out of frame. Um, and so Artie will use it. To Oh, instigate yeah. wrestling like he'll go and like burrow under it and like grab it and like shake it around and baloo will walk over and kind of like paw at him like stop it stop it and then they start wrestling santa owen over to give attention oh my god owen yeah just a baby now it's a festive podcast. Yeah. I have to say the one the one true benefit of Vancouver being in, you know, like proper winter time is that the the dogs in jackets situation is just oh my god, that perfection. Absolute perfection and even better, dogs with little booties on to keep your paws safe on the sidewalk yeah. from the sidewalk. I need to get so my dog that. You yeah. get dogs with jackets, and sometimes they have little hoods too, because we take our jackets seriously up here with the little shoes on. Oh my god, it's the best! It's the best. <laughs> oh man! Like we will gets... like we'll be driving, and I'm just pointing out the window, like dog in a jacket across the street. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. Yeah, yep. Artie gets cold easily, so uh, he wears a lot of clothes, and they both of the dogs also have boots really good what, what i actually want to know and i'm mad that i haven't seen but i hope that means it's because these sweet dogs are indoors being warm and comfortable is that there is a small population of 
long-haired weenie dogs that live here. I think they, they've all clearly come from the same breeder because they're all uh, blonde. Um, and we've, we've seen separate couples, families, individuals, all with these blonde, long-haired weenie dogs. I have not seen a single one of them out on the street wearing jackets, and I would like to see at least one, but I haven't seen any. Uh. <laughs> I got to see this. <laughs> in a jacket in the snow of, of so, a long-haired uh, yeah chris i sent your story of um uh so do you know who ellen noble is um i don't think so so you should look her up she's really cool she's uh been at the top in like europe you cycle cross she's done mountain biking she had to retire due to some health issues concerning um an autoimmune disease and she's very open about that and talking about self-awareness and body image she's just a really really cool gal she's now taking on a persona as uh, like a uh, an announcer so definitely look up ellen noble but uh anyways i uh, i'm friends with her she has this thing about these uh those uh corgi corgi dogs yeah. so i sent that video of all of your corgis to her and she was just like oh my god anyways it was really cute so uh yeah anyways i just wanted to share that I found her. Dogs I'm following awesome. her now on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. So the long-haired corgi was named Phil, and uh, he came over and he wanted to say hi. And what was oh. funny is it was perfect timing because there's this picnic table on the route that we normally ride in Forest Park. And the one that you have your tattoo on. Yep, it's that picnic table. Uh, yeah. And so I have this picnic table tattooed on my calf uh, because it's Sorry. it's the spot where everybody who rides in Forest Park stops to have a snack break. And like there's a bunch of it's iconic. It's iconic. Roots. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like the jumping off point. Like it's it's where you choose your next adventure. And there's a lot of paths to go from from that picnic table. And so uh, you'll end up rendezvousing with friends or you can even be on like a totally independent ride and just bump into people, you know, there. So it's like, a, it's a special table, but um, I was out on a ride last weekend. It was the one that um, uh, Katie and I were talking about earlier. We ran into each other, not far from there. Yeah. I had stopped for a snack break at the picnic table, um, had a delicious biscuit with an egg and some fried bologna on it. Uh, and this pack of eight corgis comes around the corner and we're like, oh my God. So we said hi to the corgis, but it was perfect timing because the bikes were just resting against the picnic table. And the the people who were wrangling these corgis said that it was perfect timing because they had never been able to get their dogs near a bike before. And their dogs oh, were cool. scared of bikes. Elliot, similar to how Owen hates bikes. Um, and so like all of them were very like... Um, timid about approaching the bikes and so like we just kind of took steps away from our bikes and we were like hey let them sniff the bikes it's, it's cool um and so like fluffy phil was over there like sniffing my bike and and he jumped over and wanted some pets and stuff anyway that's a really long story about uh corgis but i <laughs> was very happy to pet these corgis it, it was the highlight of my ride as it oh, should be as it should be yeah. is that he doesn't recognize non-state like he doesn't recognize stationary bikes like a bike that's not moving and doesn't have a person on it as the same thing as a bike that is moving <laughs> has a person on it so yeah. the desensitizing by being like oh look come smell this bike doesn't do anything because he's not scared of whatever that thing is well that's not a bike there's nobody on that he yeah it's 
he's so like, oh my God, this is so funny. The, I now I'm telling stories about my dog and I apologize, but at the dog park the other day, some kid like biked up because he was like meeting his dad at the dog park. And so Owen's going crazy, jump truck. Like, I mean, he could jump over the fence if he wanted. He's just too stupid to realize that if he just put some forward momentum, he would go over the fence. But instead he just was like straight vertical, like straight up above <laughs> the fence. And so he's like losing his mind at this kid and the kids like, you know, just leans his bike up against something and then comes into the dog park. And we, we were like leaving anyway. So as I'm like walking out, Owen is still looking around for the bike, not recognizing that it's sitting right there. And he's like frantically looking around for it because like once he sees a bike, he has to know where it is. Doesn't recognize it. Doesn't totally like looking around for it. No, no recognition now that there's no child on it and it's not moving. <laughs> it's like a totally he, different he thing. He remembers man. that it was there. He's like, I just saw it. I'm looking around for it. Well, this is like when I'm out in country roads, you know, there's, you're always going to have country dogs out there. Um, I don't, whenever I don't do dog sprints anymore, even though I, my ego wants me to out sprint these dogs. Uh, I just find it safer for me and the dogs. If I just stop what I'm doing when I'm riding and just be like, Hey, they're, I mean, they may calm down, but they don't, they just end up walking away. It's the chase. So yeah. I don't want them following me getting hurt by another car. Like I just, I just end up stopping. Um, I don't even really squirt water at them anymore. So it takes three seconds. If I'm in an interval, fuck it. You know, I, it's much, it's much better for me to make sure the dog and, every, and I'm safe because I've had friends go down by, you know, dogs taking out front wheels, man. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I guess it's the hunter in them, but um, yeah. Anyways, sorry, bike relation, but yes, dogs, uh, dogs love bikes or they don't love bikes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty lucky about this, this new dog. Uh, all my dogs have been, I've been able to go mountain biking with this one's a little bit more, um, more athletic, just more capable of doing the longer distance. So we're starting to work on that. She really, I'm, she kind of gets ahead of me when we're not going fast and she like stops where I'm going to like, I'm going to like run, I'm going to run her over on accident one of these days if she's not worried if she doesn't work out. But I think if I keep a strong pace where she's kind of following me, but I'm like cautious and not going too fast. She's a great mountain bike dog. I mean, she's got that healer healer in her. So she's a, she's a runner. She's a herder. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a course in one of the parks uh, near my house. It's, it's like this big wide open field and uh -huh. there's a cycle cross course that has these really snaky trails and there's yes. a ton of trails in there. And so you can really practice your cornering and your balance and stuff on these trails, but it's great for taking the dogs because Baloo being more of a herding dog will stay right next to my back wheel. And so yes. like, as I'm going, he's staying like, like a half wheel behind me and yeah, yeah. Artie being this wild dingus hound dog just runs this <laughs> wide orbit around me the whole time. And so like I'll ride for maybe 15 minutes and wear the hell out of both of them. So in my other two small dogs, uh, Topaz is just, he's just not an athletic boy. He's a lover. He's a lover, <laughs> not a sporter guy. Uh, so he's into it. Like he, you know, like he, you know, average Fred, you know, when you're out cycling, you go hard the first 10 minutes, then you have, you run out of steam where you ain't got nothing left the rest of the ride. So I got to yeah. be cautious when I take my, uh, Topaz out, uh, Leah's into it, man. She's, she's down for the ride. She's, she's a little athletic and she's runner. She's that's, I guess that's more of that rat terrier in her. Um, but I'm realizing they're both kind of getting of age. So it'll be nice to take this one out. Cause this one needs the needs to enter needs to burn the energy Woo! she's a wild yes one. man i need to get a yeah. cyclocross or a grapple bike because it's just yes, road bike is just not that 
fun. I'm not having that much fun road biking in like North Carolina, and I'm like 10, it's 15 just minutes nice away to from change like change it up. Yeah, really. Yeah. I'm like 10, 15 minutes away from really good like gravel biking areas of like <laughs> where I'm at. So absolutely. But I, you said something about country dogs, and I have a very crazy story of getting yeah, chased by a, 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 a collection of animals recently doing some like architecture, like, like resource, oh, shit, like really? survey. <laughs> yeah. We were just, we were doing like, we were finishing up like archeological survey and it was raining one morning and I was like, all right, let's just the three of us, let's all get into like the truck and we'll just like go spend the morning just finishing up these architect architectural stuff that we got to do. Yeah. Um, First in the morning, we see this cow standing right on the side of the road, <laughs> just like dangerously close to the car. Um, but it means no harm. Later that day, we're driving like around a corner and this like German shepherd dog just like darts in front of our truck, pissed oh, off, doesn't let us leave. He's like hitting the wheel well and moving. He's gonna hurt the, himself, yeah. Yeah, he's oh, moving yeah. the entire car. We're like, stopped and we can feel the car like moving every time he like darts at the wheel well so we have to get like uh like so, one of my coworkers is a jerky we throw it out the window it distracts him oh, for shit. a minute but then we realized <laughs> we're like on a one-way road so we go up to like the resource we take some photographs we're turning around we're like we're gonna have to go past this dog again and he's all like oh you guys are back <laughs> He comes straight for us again, <laughs> hitting the car even more violently. Like he's really moving the truck at this point. Oh shit. And we throw like jerky at him unfazed. We throw like another piece of jerky at him and he's a little bit more, but he's like, he he's like finds it, picks it up. It looks like he drops it about to start running out of skin. And he's like, ah, nah, he just goes back to the jerky. Oh my God. So that <laughs> was a crazy part, but <laughs> we're driving and we get down to some more, you know, pretty much like single lane country roads. We're headed to a resource and we see at the side of like on the side of the road, what I immediately think is a cow. It's Brown. It's white. It just looks like one of those kinds of cows. It's the size of like, I don't know, like an adolescent cow. It's about that height. Um, and then, and it's very furry. And my coworker says, no, no it was a pig what whoa <laughs> what it was a cow-sized pig okay. holy shit was it one of those hogzillas hogzilla yeah i don't know man it didn't have any tusk so i don't think it was feral and we're pretty close to a lot of a large amount of, like farm but it was in like the middle of like it was not a wild to a house not yeah it, it where we found it it felt pretty wild so we slowed down <laughs> For like a second, so we don't want to hit it because we're just like, oh, I don't want to hit this cow. And then like we slow down, we all realize it's a pig. I like look to like my coworker who's driving. I'm like, drive. You need to get out of here. I don't want. We if the go. dog was moving the truck, I don't want this like yeah. thousand pound pig hitting us. <laughs> so we get out of there. We drive to some resources, take some photos. Again, we have to turn around and go back where we came from. Oh shit. So we're driving back. We see a bunch of cows. Um, there's a cow like they're all kind of loose too. There's a cow like hanging out on the outside of a fence. It's brown and it's white. And I'm like, oh God, it's the pig. 
And I'm like looking off to like the left. And I was like, oh no, no, it's the cow. And then me and all my coworkers, we all then look forward and it is the pig running straight at us who has assumed, has been following us, but we like outran him for a while, but he's just been running down this road knowing he would find us eventually. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Pig, his big old ears flopping up and down every step he takes, just galloping at us. <laughs> We're driving that is like, our, straight like... forward, playing a game of chicken with this pig. There's a like grassy field um, to the right of us on the road. My coworker then just zooms off of the road where the pig is. We lose our game of chicken with the pig. Um, just let, just driving across the grassy field and then pops back into the road, trying to make sure we don't hit like the right. like the drainage ditch. And that was the only way we could get past this thing. Cause if we stayed- Wow, was it like just angry or was it like friends? I mean- <laughs> Oh no, I wasn't gonna find out. If we, if that was something we encountered like in the field, not driving around, like just like doing like, Shuffle to my us. ass would we get would... out and be like a hug. <laughs> I know us. so many friends that have literally hugged or like touched deer out in the wild that it's now like some of them have been, yeah, dude, like what? I want to, I want a Cinderella so hard out in the fucking woods. That'd be so hard. That'd be like the best day ever. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, talking about the, the like Cinderella, uh, oh, yeah. like Snow White, like, um, forest critters friend uh thing i was sitting on my screen one time this was in kentucky it was on fort knox where like it's one hundred and ten thousand acres and they do allow hunters to go in there but um Uh the animals there are just really not that accustomed to seeing people and so i guess it didn't know to be afraid of people and so I had been surveying and got to the end of my transect. And so like, I've got my shovel on my screen. I park my screen down. I sit on my screen and I'm catching up on my notes and I've got like my head down. And this was, this was back when we were using like a paper on clipboards and we had like, you know, the folding clipboard thing, all your paperwork goes in there. Um, and so I'm like writing on my clipboard and I look up cause I, I heard like rustling of leaves and there's a deer just walking to me. And I was like, I just sat there and held as still as I could, like watching this deer walk to me. And I was like, oh, it's, it's just going to keep walking. Okay. Uh, okay. And then like, it got like right up, like close to me and I just kind of like slowly reached out, like touched the side of its face and it like raised its head back and kind of like pranced back a sec like oh my god this thing touched me (laughs) and then i was like okay uh i want to i want to get up i want to get out of here and so like i kind of like yeah because like the men the those the 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 deer they can be kind of violent but yeah go ahead exactly and that was what was going through my head i was like if if this thing is scared it could hurt me and so i just like kind of like slowly raised my hands up and like stood up off of my screen and then picked up yeah. my screen and my shovel and kind of raised it up big and it just ran away. I didn't like, you know, <laughs> harass it or anything, but I was like, yeah, you're scared. I don't want you to charge me. Uh, you're getting out of here. <laughs> That's cool. I have pet cows in the field, but I have not Same. had deer. Big, big baby cows come say hello sometimes. I've, I've been able to pet 
uh, some of the goats that would oh. come up to us okay. uh, in in Albania, our first our first dig site. Um, it's it's in this like tiny little village up in the mountains. It's literally just like us and the grandmas, um, oh. and then like the old dudes who are out with their like goats and sheep. Um, it's very rural. It's very delightful. Um, but the 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 main herd of both sheep and goats because the goats act as bodyguards for the sheep so the sheep don't just like fall off the mountain because they will and they do um (laughs) so they have the goats to kind of like mind them as they go um which meant there were all these adorable goats and sheep and that when the first time we were there it was in the summer or the first time i was there um there were babies um and so it was like obviously we need to pet these we need to pet these goats and i i did find a couple that were uh that were friendly and were chill with being pet and so i pet them I love goats. otherwise I like it's uh very uh very skittish uh mountain dogs uh it's like not not even country dogs at this point it's mountain dogs <laughs> so it's that next step up of do not engage yeah um and uh even though like they, they look really cute because it's like oh puppy wait no this is a mountain dog do not pet the puppy the puppy does not want to be pet it doesn't know it, it just doesn't know what it's missing <laughs> seriously like i see i'm confident that if i was the one to pet the dog it would be it's like no no these dogs are not interested in being pet they want you to stay away from the property ideally as far away as possible and uh but also give them snacks I've had that experience with encountering piglets in the woods. Like wild piglets? Were, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I mean, this was oh, on like but a, oh, no. Yeah, this was like on a day hike, just like with my wife in Florida one time. Um, we just see like two little piglets run by and it's like, oh, and then it's like, oh, oh no, mom's around. Um, <laughs> and then we're like running back the way we came uh, as a common occurrence in my stories today. Um, and we see these giant like pig tracks and we're like, she's been stalking us. <laughs> oh no. So we just run back to the car and get out of there. But yeah, it was an interesting experience of adorable to completely horrified in one second. Mm-hmm. We do actually have an adorable, uh, adorable wildlife situation in my neighborhood in Vancouver, which is that there is a population of uh, feral bunnies. Um, so not rabbits, bunnies um and it when when they all come out um it's like you know the entire lawn is filled with just pets just adorable bunnies and of course being a long time bunny owner it's just like i wish to pet the bunny um and they won't let me pet them and it's very upsetting because they're we had they they come and sniff for snacks but as soon as they think it's like oh there's no snacks here they like hop two hops away so they're just out of reach we had a herd of feral peacocks in my neighborhood growing up in, in central florida oh we have that in southern california too there are a couple uh, of the peacock neighborhoods and oh boy <laughs> they're terrible for traffic but they're mm-hmm. wonderful it's such yeah. a it's a yeah they're right by like my orthodontist's <laughs> office so like me and my wife both have like these shared memories of having to go to the orthodontist. Like fight your way through the peacocks. Fight, fight your way through the peacocks. Oh my yeah. God. They're peacocks vicious. are evil. <laughs> they there would like vicious. be traffic jams on 
uh, campus where I went to undergrad because I like went my the campus was like in the woods and there was um, wild turkeys and peacocks and they are both first of all wild peacocks scream yes it, the screams they make yeah are, it's like I the first time that I was ever camping somewhere with wild peacocks I thought something was being murdered out because <laughs> <laughs> they were like yeah there will be peacock noises but nobody warned me that the peacocks sounded like murder victims they scream murderers yeah nobody warned me there's just a, you might hear peacocks excuse me you need to give me some context because i'm expecting yes. bird noise <laughs> yep fond fond memories of uh. navigating in and around peacocks to like get to a friend's house up in the hills and stuff like that because yeah, there's two kind of like two main neighborhoods in like northeastern la that have peacock populations and um they're very pretty to look at but oh my god are they dumb and oh my god are they mean mm -hmm. we have like a permanent population of canadian geese around mm -hmm. raleigh you're um, welcome first all these damn northerners <laughs> always come to <laughs> raleigh north carolina <laughs> um but that gets pretty ridiculous at times of year we just get like 50 geese just chilling in the road <laughs> they're creepy snake necks yeah and they're so mean like you can't get they're near so them bastards yeah we definitely the it was the wild turkeys that were the worst on campus though because they would like cause traffic jams because they would like they would block the like road so you couldn't like and they wouldn't like flinch if you started getting your car closer to them. You could like drive up to them and like touch <laughs> them with your bump them with your car and they wouldn't react. And they would like, they would not only not react, they would start attacking like your the wheels of your car because now you're not moving. So they come up and they start attacking the car and you would just have to like sit there and wait for them to be done because you're not gonna like <laughs> run over the turkey. And so like, there would be like cars backed up like, five cars back because you're just the car at the front is waiting for these turkeys to stop attacking them. <laughs> and they were like chase students and stuff it was a real real menace these guys but you know they they were there first so yeah they can have all the fun they want gotta learn to live in harmony with the turkeys oh my goodness they're so mean well gang I think that's probably a good place to cut it. Uh, it has been so wonderful catching up with all of y'all. Thank you so much for joining the podcast this year and your friendship and hanging and sharing your goals. Um, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, keep in touch, see what you're up to through the coming year, hopefully hang out in person. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a realistic shot at it uh, for all of us Sounds this like year. It. So. I'm going to be in Portland, so. I'm stoked. And I have to see Artie and Baloo, so. I need you to have to hang out with me. Yeah. Here's One of them's a lab, right? Yeah, Baloo's a Border Collie and German Shepherd mix, and Artie is some kind of lab mix. We were told lab and Great Dane. Um, he just looks Quite like a big, big, lanky lab. It's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, Blue's like ninety pounds. Artie's eighty-five pounds. They're big boys, but they're they're a lot of fun. Big boys, so cute. Yeah, puppies. Well, gang, happy holidays. Uh, and I'm so excited to stay in touch. I'll see you.
Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.